So we have uh, this thing going on within the church. And I don't mean Hope Church. I mean the church, the nationwide, worldwide church. And there's two problems really going on. And these are both found in Scripture. And we're going to talk about the second one. But I want to talk, just mention the first one. So the first problem is this, that there are, it says, many will come to me. There's many people who think they are Christians, but they're not. And one day they're going to stand before Jesus and Jesus is going to say to them, I never knew you, which is, that's just stunning. Let me read you that passage very quickly. This is Matthew chapter 7, verses 22. He says, these are the words of Jesus. He says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Notice he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Now first, wow, <laughs> right? Wow. Secondly, how do people get so out of touch or so deluded, or so misinformed that they think they're in when they're not. We're not going to talk about that today. That's probably a discussion for another time. But let's talk about why my thing is going crazy. Okay, anyway, right behind my back. Anyway, um, let's talk about the second one, because that's where First Peter, and that's where we want to dive into. And First Peter basically says this. He says that... You can be a spiritual baby your whole life. You could be a Christian for 20 years and still be a spiritual baby. There needs to be a point where you grow up spiritually. And so the question is, what's going on here? He says this. He says, in other words, we have Christians who haven't never really grown up. And he says this. He says that they should crave the pure spiritual milk so that they, it may grow, you may grow up in your salvation. So there's the idea there. The idea there is that you could be a Christian for 10, 15, 20 years and still be a baby. And that's what we want to talk about. So jump into your, your passage. Uh, it's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22. And then I'm going to go through chapter 2, verse 3. So let me read it to you, and then we'll go through it, okay? Notice what he says. Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have a sincere love for one another, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living, enduring word of God. We talked a little bit about this last week. For all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Yeah. There, now we are caught up. Uh, now that you have tasted... I'm not sure why my remote's not working today, but this is disappointing. Okay. 
now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. All right. So that's the passage. Here's the point. When you become a Christian, you declare war on your old way of life. You become new. The Bible says you become new, but you're not mature yet. It's not like God does a transformation immediately. There's this process that you go through. So when you become a Christian, um, a war is waged. A battle is fought. Um, your past life wants to regain or maintain control. And you have a new life. It's the war of the flesh and the spirit. It's the war of the old life and the new life. It's the war of the spirit and the flesh. And, and this battle goes on and on and on. So here's the thing. These two systems, one is a grace-based system and one is a law-based system. And they war against each other. And they're going to war against each other your whole life. And the grace-based system says you're saved by faith in Christ alone, by grace alone, by faith alone. And the, the work system basically says, no, you have to do it. You've got to earn it. You've got to work for it. You've got to deserve it. You, you, you have to go after it. And uh, the grace-based one says, Christ is my Savior. The work-based one says, no, I am my Savior. And so these are going to continue to battle against each other through your whole life. Now, the Bible teaches that we are on this spiritual journey. It doesn't just say that we're in a battle, but we're on a journey. <laughs> that we begin a journey with Jesus. The moment we cross that line of faith and call upon the Lord and say, Jesus, I can't save myself, and I realize you came from heaven to earth to save me, now I'm on this journey with Jesus. I put my faith and trust in Him and I begin walking with Him. Just like Jesus when, when He was on this earth and He said, come follow me. We're followers of Jesus Christ. And that's a daily moment by moment decision that we make. Now we never fall out of that relationship, but the relationship can go up and down. It can wane and wax, right? And so the Bible says that we're on this journey and uh, the, the Christian life is not a static thing. It's not like you're in and then you're done. You just kind of wait until you get to heaven. It's this ongoing process, right? You, you, you are growing. You're developing. And so that's kind of what we want to talk about. I used this illustration a number of years ago, and I got it from somebody else, another pastor. I thought it was really helpful. And sometimes God does this with us. He uses what I call the dimmer switch principle. And the dimmer switch principle is simply this that God gives you a certain amount of light. And when you're obedient to that amount of light, He gives you more light. And when you're obedient to that, He gives you more light. Now, here's what happens. If He gives you a certain amount of light and you don't, you're not obedient to it, you don't respond to it, then He's going to not only keep you at that place, but He's going to take away that light and you're going to have to go back a step. You're kind of on a conveyor belt. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. You're not static in a Christian life. And that's why people could be a Christian for 20 years and still be a babe. Now, we want to talk a little bit about that. John describes this, and it's very interesting how John describes it. He says this. Notice, he, he, and you can see the three stages here. John says this. He says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. And then he says this. I'm writing you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. And then he says this, I am writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. So here's what he, I think what John is saying, and it kind of goes along with what Peter is saying. 
He's saying that in each area, whether you're a baby or whether you're, you're an adolescent or whether you're an older person, spiritually speaking, there is a process or there is a, a moment, there is a, a, a level of maturity that you have to reach. There's a principle, or there's a skill that you have to reach to move to the next level. And what I'm suggesting in what the Bible, I think, teaches is that there are some Christians that remain in that first stage of childhood in the Christian life. John Newton, you know John Newton, he's the one that wrote Amazing Grace and all those songs that we love to sing. He, uh, he did a sermon and it was on the passage in Mark chapter 4, verse 28. This is what Mark 4, 28 says. First the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. So this is very fitting for Iowa, isn't it? this time of year as we think about that. So John Newton describes the, the, the three stages of John. Uh, you know, John Newton describes three state, statements in the uh, epistle of John, of the baby, of the young man, of the adult, as, what does he call them? He calls them the blade, the ear, and, and the full ear. So he, he talks about the, the, the different levels. So that I'm going to use that in the outline today uh, as we go through this. So here's the first one. Infancy, the child, and there's grace in the blade. Grace in the blade. So you know this. Babies are absolutely helpless. They can't do anything for themselves. They can't walk. They can't talk. They can't feed themselves. Can't change their diapers. But, but that would be a nice thing for them to learn to do very quickly, right? But they can't, right? Um, but when you become a believer, you're a baby and you need to grow up. And sometimes that's the best thing you can say to a, a new believer is, okay, you need to grow up, <laughs> learn how to grow up. Um, you need to grow in God's word. And I, I talked about this last weekend. God gives us tools. He gives us God's word. He gives us God's people. He gives us the Holy Spirit to help us to grow up because we need all three of those things to grow up. We need more than that, but those are the three of the basic things. Now, baby Christians tend to be critical. They tend to find repentance difficult. They tend to be sensitive to criticism, emotionally up and down, you know, and you see that, you know, it's kind of a good picture because that's the way kids are. They have no, you know, there's, everything's a crisis and everything's, you know, either super important or not important. And, and they're just all over the place sometimes emotionally. Uh, their life is based upon the circumstances. Their mood flows with the circumstances of their life. Um, they believe in Jesus, but they act like um, their day-to-day -day life is their, they're, they're their own savior. They're, they're their own boss. They're their own king. And so they say, yes, I love Jesus. But when you look at their day-to-day -day lives, they pretty much make their own decisions. They pretty much do their own thing. And this is, describes a baby Christian. And one of the basic truths spiritual babies need to, to know is that their sins are forgiven and this is exactly what, where babies get stuck. You say, well, doesn't every new Christian believer believe that? That their sins are forgiven? Of course, that just seems like a basic one. But here's the thing. Babies don't know they're forgiven. They're loved and accepted by God. And this is where the old legalistic way comes in. Because they begin to think that they 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 can save themselves. Now, let me, let me illustrate that. So John, in his epistle in chapter 1, he talks a little bit, he talks, he basically lists two things that baby Christians do. Well, all Christians do them from time to time. 
But baby Christians do it a lot. Number one, they deny their sinners or they downplay their sin or they blame shift their sin. They blame other people or they, you know, you know, they just don't take it very seriously. That's the first thing they do. Or they deny his forgiveness. Now, let me let me read you that that passage from John, because I think it's telling. He says this, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So, if, you know, this is one of the things baby Christians will do. But then notice what he says. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And then he says, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Now, I've heard well-meaning people. I've talked with well-meaning people who say this. They say, well, here's the thing. I know that God forgives people, but I don't think God would ever forgive me. If you, Pastor, if you knew what I did, if you knew the thoughts I had, if you knew what I did, you would know that God could never forgive me after all that I've done. Doesn't that sound so godly and holy and humble? Except for one thing. It's a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> it's an absolute lie from the pit of hell. Now, this is what uh, Dr. Uh, M. Lloyd Jones says. He says this. He says, let me put this in practical form. And I do not hesitate to put it like this. If you are uncertain about your forgiveness of sin, that in, its, in and of itself is sin. You, you see this? It's one thing to say, yes, I know that I'm forgiven, or I know God forgives, but I don't believe that God has ever forgiven me. What are you calling into question? You're calling into question the very sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for your sins. You're calling into question when Jesus utters His last words, what were they? It is finished. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And baby Christians get stuck there. See, if you do not know that you've been forgiven... It's because you're not relying on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And you'll remain a baby Christian until you come to terms with this. You'll get stuck in this stage unless you're clear that Jesus has taken your sins. He's died your, your, he's died your death. He's risen and stands as your representative. He is your advocate and substitute before the Father. Until you know that in your heart and in your soul, you're going to remain a baby Christian. And you'll still be Lord of your life. That's the baby Christian. Some people get to the point where they get to the adolescent stage. The adolescent stage is the young man, the grace in the ear. Grace in the ear. Uh, babies grow up and physical babies grow up and they become teenagers. And you thought you had issues when you had babies didn't you and then your kids grew up to be teenagers and you go oh boy <laughs> that was the minor leagues compared to this <laughs> but here's the thing teenagers are able to take care of themselves right when when they you know, the baby says i'm hungry you get them something you feed them something when your teenager says i'm hungry you say make yourself a sandwich come on you can do this right now as you grow spiritually you come to know yourself better. You know that you can't trust your heart at times. You know your own sinful tendency. 
and your nature. You know yourself. You, you, you have come to know yourself. You're more dependent on God. You aren't, you're learning how to cling more to God in prayer. You're allowing the Word of God to direct you and guide you. You're becoming more humble and you're relying on others and you're relying upon God and you're, you're working with, in step with the Holy Spirit. That's the difference. You may not always feel God's presence, but you know He's there. There'll be times where you'll struggle, but you know in your heart that He is with you and that He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You're becoming more self-sufficient and you know that you still have a ways to go. You still have to grow. You, aren't, you haven't arrived. But here's the thing. You'll never get out of adolescence until you learn to say everything he sends is necessary and nothing that he withholds uh, should be necessary. And that's a, that's a, a great quote. Everyone, everything he sends is necessary, but nothing can be necessary that he withholds. Again, that's a quote by John Newton. But you know that. You know that, that God isn't keeping things from you that you desperately need to be happy. And he also isn't bringing things in your life that, that aren't for your good. You, you believe that. So you, you, you stop the self-pity and the temper tantrums and the blubbering and you realize that life is tough and trouble and disappointment is part of this life, but you remember His promises and you operate based upon His Word, the promises of His Word. That's adolescence. You're learning to live more and more by faith. So that's stage two. So you have the spiritual baby, you have the adolescence, and then the third is fatherhood. And Paul uh, talks about fatherhood. And this is really the last and most advanced stage of the Christian life. Uh, not too many believers arrive at this stage. Many people who have been Christians for a long time think they're at this last stage, but they're not. And many of the times, many of the reasons, many of the Christians at this think that they're at the stage. And the reason they think it is because they have been a Christian. They think, well, I've been a Christian for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, so therefore I must be, because I'm growing older physically, I must be growing older spiritually. That's not true. And they think, okay, well, but because I know the Bible better than I did when I was first a Christian, and I've grown in my knowledge of the Bible, I must be a mature Christian. Well, that could lead to maturity. The, knowing the Bible and knowing God's Word is important for that. But I've met a lot of people who know the Bible a lot, and they're just baby Christians. They're Pharisees. They're judgmental. They don't understand God's grace. They're hard to be with. And so just Bible knowledge alone doesn't make you a mature Christian. It's part of it. But Paul summarizes the fatherhood stage. Notice what he says about that. He says this. This is a great verse. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with God, all of God's, uh, the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. 
And then he says this, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so what he's saying, Paul is saying, that's the goal, that you could know God and his love, which is a lifetime pursuit. You'll never get there. You'll never arrive, but you're always striving to know him more, to know him deeper. Here's the sad reality. Many, I don't want to say the majority, but part of me feels that way sometimes. Many Christians remain spiritual babies their whole life. They never grow up. Hear that. I began and it said there's two issues, there's two problems with the Christian church. The first one is there's people who think they're Christians and they're not. The second one is there's a whole bunch of spiritual babies that have never grown up. They think they're mature because they've been a Christian a long time. They know the Bible more, but they're still spiritual babies. That's the problem. The real question is, where are you? Just like no new, newborn baby can raise itself, so a, new, a newborn Christian needs help to grow. New Testament community, the Word, the Spirit. But many newborn Christians refuse to seek help. They remain spiritual babies their whole lives. They, th they think that this is a me and Jesus moment. I don't need God's church. I don't need God's people. I just need Jesus. There's too much hypocrisy. There's too much, you know, things going on in the church that I don't like. Okay, I get that. I hear it. I see it. It just shows a little bit of a level of immaturity. So let me ask you, because you may be listening or watching or, or, or thinking, okay, so how can I tell if, if I'm a, a, a spiritual baby? How can I tell? What are the signs that I'm a spiritual baby. Let me give you four real quick ones. The first one is this. You're easily fooled by teachers. You're e you don't have a, a high level of discernment. Uh, you lack spiritual discernment. Uh, let me ask you a question. Would you know a good teacher if you heard one? Would you know a good teacher if you heard one? And now I'm talking about pastors or teachers or books that you read or just people who blog, whatever. Would you know that they're good teachers or not? Because I'm amazed at what passes as good teaching within the church today. It's just incredible. In fact, because it... It was one of the things that as I was going through this weekend, I thought, man, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. And I don't think, and here's the thing. Some people are saying, oh, you need to watch this or listen to this or hear this. Or, and you watch it and listen to it. And you're going, are you kidding me? Really? I mean, seriously, you really think this is good, right? You really think this is biblical, theologically correct? You're, you're serious about that. And it's troubling. And sometimes these are posted by people who have been Christians for a long time. And you go, oh, boy. So this week, uh, I have a thing on ch called Chat with Matt. I'm going to say, I'm going to talk about what, it, what are the signs, or what are the things that you should look for for good teaching and bad teaching. All right, because you've got to contrast it to kind of give an idea. And so I do usually do that Wednesday night on Facebook. So there's a plug for that. If you want to tune in, I'll talk a little bit about that. But I think that's an important thing to talk about. 
So that's the first one. You're easily uh, fooled by false teachers or bad teachers. Secondly, you're self-centered and selfish. You know, babies are selfish. They don't help out around the house. They don't ask you how you're doing. They just, it's all about them. You know, look at me, aren't I cute? And take care of me, feed me, burp me, whatever. And it's all about them. Spiritually speaking, though, spiritual babies are all about them, too. Let me ask you a few questions. Is your life all about you? Are you reaching out to help and love others? Or are you just looking out for number one? Are you forgiving your enemies? Are you holding grudges? Do you find that you fly off the handle pretty easily. The third, the third thing is, you're, you're, babies are always looking for the next big thing. What's the next big teacher? What's the next big book? What's the next big event? What's the next big thing that I can get, get connected with? A book, seminar, experience. And they jump around from church to church. They never put their roots down. They never join a community where they can be held accountable. They never... They use their gifts and their abilities. They don't give. They don't, they don't do much. They're really self-centered, looking out for themselves and jumping around. And, uh, and the next one, they lack consistency or focus. They're easily distracted. They can't focus on one thing too long. And so I ask you a question. How's your Bible reading and reflection going? How's your prayer life been? Are you praying for others? By the way, those of you that are joining us online, anytime you want, send us prayer requests. We pray as a staff still for those in-house. We'd love to pray for those requests. And so we take those seriously. We think it's important. But do you pray for other people? When was the last time you served others with your spiritual gift? And you may say, Matt, I don't even know what my spiritual gift is. When you talk about a spiritual gift, I have no idea what you're talking about. My point just got made. You just made my point. Spiritual babies don't really know what their gifts are and they don't use their gifts. Because they don't know what it is. They don't think it's important. Well, the last time I checked, as I read the Scriptures, the Bible says the church is a body. And that God has given different members to the body, different gift, giftings to the body for the good of the whole. And if you are a, a member of the body and you don't know it, you don't know what role you play, that kind of might be a sign that you're a baby Christian. Last one. You don't see the babiness in yourself. <laughs> you just don't see it in yourself. You just, because you don't have people around you that are able to, you haven't given people around you permission to speak into your life, to, to call you on things, to challenge you to grow, to pray for you, to ask you for help. Uh, you, know, you know, that you don't have those people around you. You're a lone ranger spiritual, you know, you're approaching the spirit life as a lone ranger. You don't need the church, you don't need others. You won't humble yourselves because you're, you think you're humble. And you have no one in your life that will call you out. That's what it means to be a baby Christian. You're a baby 
until you understand the difference between grace and works. You're in adolescence until you understand that everything is necessary that he sends and nothing can be necessary that he withholds from you. You're a mother or father in the faith when you start to learn the disciplines of quiet reflection and prayer, that you serve him with all of your God-given resources and see his hand uh, of grace in your life. So where are you? I hope you're not in that first category that we talked about. I hope that you're not a person that is kind of following the rules and regulations and traditions of your upbringing and say, if I follow those rules and regulations and tradition, then, then I have this resume to present to Jesus Christ. Because what's going to end up happening is Jesus is going to look at that resume and he says, that's something, but I don't know who you are. It may be that you, you, you understand grace and you, you cross the line and you found grace, but you, you have this battle going on and you're still a babe. You're, you're self-centered and you're immature. It may be that you've grown into adolescence and, and you're growing up, but you're, you're, you're stuck because you, you have this issue going on in your life that you think that God isn't fair in your life and you have to wrestle with that a little bit more. Maybe you've come to a place of maturity that you don't trust yourself because you know that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked and who can trust it and you know that there are things within you that you don't like and you know that your sin is serious and you know that Jesus paid for your sins by giving his life on the cross and that always impacts you so where are you at how would you describe your spiritual life Like I said, we began saying there's two groups within the church. There's those who think that they're Christians and they're not. And there's those who are Christians, but they're just babies. And they don't know it. Hopefully today, the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, maybe through the church, will bring you to a place of examining your life to see where you're at with the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we need help in this because there are things that we can't see on our own. We need the help of your word and your spirit, your people to reveal our hearts. And there are some of us, Father, who have come to a place maybe where we realize that we have been nothing more than a baby and it's time for us to grow up. And today is the day that we're going to surround ourselves with your word, your spirit, your people and begin to rejoin that, that journey. Um, there may be uh, folks that are listening and watching and that they realize that they're in the adolescent stage. and They struggle with their life. They're grumbling. And they feel like you've withheld things that they need and you've given them things that you they don't need and they're struggling with that. Help them to come to a place of knowing like Job that you are God and we are not. For some, Father, who have come to the place of spiritual fatherhood or motherhood, help us to never trust our hearts. Help us to see the sin within us 
Help us to see that we can easily fall backwards if we're not moving forward. And help us to know that there's always grace. And that we are, at the same time, sinners saved by grace, but sons and daughters loved dearly by you. And for that, we're eternally grateful. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.